thank you so much for tuning in the weekend early show right here on Cape Talk. My name is Mpombluk. It's such a pleasure to be with you, especially for these three hours very early, early in the morning. And uh, I'm glad that I've got your attention because here is an initiative that you need to just certainly uh, just just uh, just pay attention to because in all honesty our homelessness uh, problem that we have in the mother city it's it's beyond overwhelming and I honestly think this is something that you should get involved in I am talking about the buy a bed campaign uh, initiated by the Haven Night Shelter and uh, it's 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 quite a wonderful indeed starting from as little as 12 rand where um, you know homeless people will know that uh, you know well they, they, they actually have to pay fees from as little as 12 rand but there's a solution where you can actually provide them uh, just a good night's sleep or maybe even a couple more. But to hear from the Haven Shelter to speak to us, I do have Hassan Khan on the line. Good morning, Hassan. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Good morning, Paul, and thank you for inviting us. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasure. And, you know, I was very excited, uh, you know, just coming across this um, as a news piece, I mean, and considering that homelessness has been, I mean, it's it's definitely been a headline grabber for the past couple of weeks, especially in the mother city. Uh, you know, it's it's an overwhelming problem, and the buy a bed campaign it's certainly in the step a step in the right direction with regards to offering uh, sustainable solutions. Yes, it certainly is. Uh, it's designed essentially to ensure that when a homeless person approaches a haven shelter, there's no discussion about money. Because the buy a bed campaign funds the first 30 days of the person's guest status in their heaven. And so it's a wonderful way of ensuring that money it does not exclude people from heaven shelters. It is their desire to seek our services that we need to work on. And, you know, especially, I think this is incredibly ideal, especially in the winter season. I mean, so many of us are, you know, so many of us who are blessed to have a shelter, just a roof over our heads. You know, we, we're able to curl up under our blankets, but, you know, uh, homeless people just don't have that option. And now with the forces of nature against them having to collect change, just to have enough as little as 12 rand, it's, it's, it can be such an, uh, just uh, an overwhelming challenge for them. I mean, some people don't even, um, aren't even able to collect as much as five rand a day. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But one point to be made here. Yes. A person, a homeless person in the city does not need a passport yes. or any money to enter even shelter. Because, we, you know, the buy a bed campaign, many uh, people buy um, and contribute to the haven. We keep this in, in an account so that with any a person comes into the haven. Firstly, we don't talk about money with the person. We try to make them comfortable, they, and then we extend guest services. That's full hospitality, food, clothing, yes. uh, financial support, and so on. And, of course, the buy a bed campaign money, which is now ring fenced, is used to pay for that person's journey for 30 days. Thereafter, the person must complete a personal development plan. As soon as a person is a, pers- uh, a guest has a personal development plan, we refer to them as clients because they are clients uh. of our social workers. And then the person needs to pay us 13 rand a day, right, minimum, or uh, give us one hour worth of labor in lieu of payment. Right? And the, the labor that we require is basically for household chores. You know, we have a big facility, few staff, so people must help clean the common areas, we must uh, help um, process the food donations, make the food, dish the food, and so on, or clean the common areas, 
um, or help on the bucky to go and collect uh, goods from the supermarkets who are very generous towards us. And, of course, uh, access control nowadays. We also use a, a client. Just one hour a day or 13 rand. And, uh, of course, cooperation with our social worker and no violence. We end relationships immediately if there's a credible threat or actual violence um, uh, present. And then we'll, we'll terminate. So the person can apply again, but for that moment, we separate immediately. And uh, I think this is actually brilliant. I love the way that it's structured, the fact that, um, you know, you don't just provide shelter, that there's a personal development program. So, And, and the fact that also, I think it also instills... Um, and also just humanizes also humanizes homeless people as well, uh, referring to them as clients. So I, I love that as well. The fact that every single detail of this is, is uh, taken care of. Yeah, praise God. The Haven's been around for like 40 years. Yes. So we have lots, a considerable amount of uh, experience dealing with, with homeless persons. And homeless persons uh, don't come in a, a, a particular category of person. Just about anybody could be homeless. So we have like 15% of people who um, have some mental challenge they're dealing with. Right? We have uh, people who are dealing with drugs or alcohol abuse. Um, some people with physical disabilities and so on. Um, however, 60% of people have none of those problems. It was just simply trauma or um, some other things, uh, often small things that propelled him towards homelessness. But anyone who is homeless, Right? and does not represent a threat to anyone on our site is welcome. And that's the, the criteria we use. After that, the person can lose it. Right? They can lose this race within our social work program for not cooperating with the social worker. They can lose the place within our hospitality program for engaging in violence or threats. And as much as I've, I've repeated that phrase now, violence or threats, yes. uh, a few times, it is not a significant number. I just need to make it plain. You know, right. the homeless people are not generally violent. Yes. You know, but of course, a, a mentally ill person appears aggressive without showing a, a representing a real credible threat. So we make those distinctions. Man. You know, like a small chappy um, showing a sign that he's going to harm a big chap across the uh, the road. It's not a real threat. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so. True. Yeah, so we, we, we like to think that we use common sense within the social work and welfare environment that we operate in. No, absolutely. I mean, look, you do have to take every, you do have to take um, any sort of threats and violence into consideration because, I mean, especially when you consider how much a homeless person has to deal with on a daily basis, uh, especially with having, I mean, also maybe uh, being on the receiving end of, of, of violence and or maybe also certain, uh, some hate speech as well, or even having their possessions stolen. So you have to make sure that it is a secure and safe environment for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that is why uh, our two-step approach, right, where we first welcome people as guests. We're an Abrahamic organization. So, you know, like Father Abraham would have had guests and, you know, made yes. them comfortable. Right. But guest services are retained for as long as you behave like a guest. Then the obligation on, on us is to be the host. If you violate that guest-host relationship, then we have to re-examine and ask you whether you wish to continue. Right? So that allows a person to kind of settle down. He doesn't have to go out uh, to go and look for money or food or anything like that. So it's, it's a calming down period. 
right? Yes. Um, and once a person is now stable, uh, it um, begins to trust our staff and particularly our social worker. The person is more ready to start looking at what he's going to do next week and next month and so forth, and then begin that journey. It's For some people, it's a really slow journey. And for others who are not as deeply homeless, you know, they haven't slept on the street for that long. It's a bit easier because the uh, connection to their family and friends are hmm. strained but not broken. And uh, which is why it's so important to the Haven that we say, please don't help homeless people to stay on the street. Because the longer the person's on the street, the more alienated he come, becomes from his family, his friends, and the community. And then it takes that much longer for him to even think about um, coming off the street or approaching their haven or so on. It is better to rather advise people in, in, a, in a friendly tone, not to preach his non-stolen yes. homeless people. You know, a nice human to human relationship. Advise him to go to the haven. And we'll make place. You know, we've we've always been able to to assist. So it's it's a very important enforcement that our community is incredibly generous. But sometimes the the generosity of our community just enables people to continue living on the street. And if um, at some point there are too many people now living on the street, and then um, our community becomes hostile and. In some cases, you know, uh, we exhibit violent tendencies towards homeless people because, you know, uh, it, the situation does seems too much. Um, you can see also in Cape Town the discussion about should a, should a, a bylaw stating no obstruction on, on pavements um, apply to homeless people? You know, so, yes. yeah. No, and it, it has to become more difficult. And and that's and that's the thing as well. And you know, I, I think um, you know, with with everything that's been happening, uh having to you know, with with, with uh, the outrage of um, you know, homeless people being fined as well, it doesn't actually ease their plight. But uh, this this I love, this this I absolutely I think is 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 actually more practical uh, with because at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's one thing as a person, uh, you know, passing by a homeless person, giving them uh, fifty rand, but that's a short-term solution. This is this is long-lasting, and also there is a, uh, a an element to this where they can be assisted psychologically as well. And uh, you know, the fact that this is, I mean, this this in itself, it's 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 a package deal. And I know this this may not necessarily be, it's it's not the. Um, necessarily a silver bullet solution but you know what it's just it's a start in the right direction and you know with with the buy a bed campaign uh, I'm also I'm just curious uh, how successful has this been and uh, how many people or how many clients have you actually had per year uh, can I just go back to this idea of keep, uh, giving homeless people money on this treatment yes, yes. There's, a, there's a very important idea that we must take into account right. um, and as Africans we've uh, said like for generations but West Africans need is trade with the West, not aid from the West. Uh, right? yes, yes. So aid does empowerment. And this is our situation. Right? Why should a person go and work right, for 200 rand a day if just by sitting on the corner, he can make 100 rand on, for the day, but it is more than his immediate needs? So you can't change behavior through that disempowering effect that your generosity has. And so I would just like to, people to, you know, uh, to examine that. As for the success of the Biobed campaign, right? I told you we Abrahamic, so we pray a lot and, and God sends us 
different forms of help and so forth. The fundamental thing is this. The Haven typically deals with 3,500 or more unique individuals for the year, right? Our job is to prevent homelessness. That's that guest period, you know, 30 days and so forth. And then go to restore our clients to the community, either through family reunification or reintegration. Now, in the first quarter uh, of this year, which is like 1st of April to 30th of June, the Haven successfully reintegrated 249 persons back into the community. Just over half of them were reunited with their families. So that is what the Haven does. And none of those people were denied entry because they didn't have money, simply because the buyer paid campaign funding was paid over to the shelter, right, in lieu of the guest having to pay. And so we, we think it's a, it's, it's a very, it's a very good uh, idea. It makes the shelter sustainable, but it removes the money off the street, which would otherwise have sustained an unsustainable um, way of life on the street. And I, I can assure you, I believe deep in my heart that no one chooses homelessness, man. No one, but every homeless person chooses where he or she sleeps. And that is what we must change. We must change the idea that just because I'm homeless, I can sleep on a pavement or on a park bench and the society will protect that decision that I made. The consequences are very difficult to, um, to, to, to live with. One, a person is virtually drowning on our pavements and we won't intervene because we think it is right to be there. The person becomes more alienated because he's, that's the only thing that he was required to choose. Now, when you or I, from a social policing point of view, tell a person wanting to put on a tent in front of a house on the pavement, right? our neighbors support us. But when a police officer comes there, then the neighbors want to get upset. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so we, we need to re-examine the kind of society we want to live in yes. so that there's a place for every person on our, so- on our soil. Our constitution protects everyone, you know, whether you're from this country or not. Um, and therefore, we need to have a sustainable process that says, if people are living on our pavements, we owe them a moral and civic duty to help them to get to better circumstances. And and I completely agree with you, you know, when it comes to uh, just with, with how we also, um, you know, regard homeless people and also the fact that at the end of the day, you know, and, and, and I love the point that you made earlier that you said that nobody chooses homelessness. And also at the end of the day, we need to be mindful of the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, um, these are people with stories. We have to find out who they are behind those stories. And also um, the fact that, you know, the way that life can be so unpredictable, it, I mean, touch wood, it could be e- any one of us. So in all honesty, I think, you know, once we look at it from that perspective, uh, we will understand uh, uh, the necessity of, of homeless people having a shelter, not just and not just having shelter and food, but also uh, making sure that um, psychologically that they are also uh, taken care of, that they are able to be integrated back into society. And I think, uh, especially with, with, with what you mentioned, with what... Um, with what uh, the Haven Night Shelter has done, I think it's it's 
brilliant that you've already uh, reintegrated that many people into society because I mean it's 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 uh, not an easy feat because also with homeless people the thing is with with everything that they've had to endure up until this point especially before being able to be part of the uh, being a recipient of the buy a bed campaign there's so much that uh, that they have to actually work through before they can feel they can be uh, uh, you know contributing members of society again yeah absolutely and I think you know it's a, it's a very important consideration uh, to note that homeless people aren't typically uneducated or unskilled people. Homeless people generally are people like you and I, right? Who, for one reason or another, stumbles and doesn't have the strength to get up. If you look at um, people, you, your friends, and so forth start work and so forth and you start buying a car and you have a credit card, you have children that uh, are nice school in the area, the best you can afford. We are not that resilient when you have a bond on a car, you own you, and you, you don't have a house and so forth. It takes very little to knock a person off his arrogant perch onto a pavement. But the sooner we can get that person from the pavement into a shelter and through a shelter, right? the less damage that person has to go through. And um, so it is not the poorest of the poor who um, are generally homeless in cities. Often it's highly skilled people, people, professional people. And we, we need to just look at it and we should be able to identify ourselves in every homeless person we see. Because I promise you, whatever that person's makeup is, whatever God has blessed him with or the deficits that he has, we have someone like that in our families. They are our brothers and sisters. Absolutely. I, I, I do echo that sentiment. Um, you know, that's, it's something that we always just need to be, be mindful of is that at the end of the day, uh, you know, also... Um, Homeless people are they they are they are part of society, and we need to understand that uh, you know we can also do our bit to to lend a hand just to just to help them up in a sense. Uh, you know, people have been severely knocked down by life, and I, and and I love what you mentioned about resilience because at the end of the day, these people. The thing is, at the end of the day, uh, many homeless people are traumatized, and they are dealing with so much more than we could even remotely imagine. So. If, anything we actually need to salute them and take our hats off to them because they have just an extraordinary amount of of resilience uh, and in, in all honesty the fact that they are still living t- that they are still living today it's just an absolute um i, I think it's 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 just uh you know just absolutely um, in- inspiring as to how they have they have been able to to overcome and it says something about the indestructibility of the human spirit Oh, absolutely. And I think we should, you know, as a society, take it upon ourselves to cheer up a homeless person. You know, don't look at the person as a basket case, you know, as a a worthy recipient of um, your money or your your clothing and so on. Just cheer the person up as, as it's the human thing to do. And then encourage the person to different choices and so forth. And if you have any material resources, that should come in after the person has at least been seen to be a a human being, worthy of cheering up, worthy of receiving encouragement, and then one can support them with material and other needs to get them on their way back into our society. 
And it's, it's so true, you know, um, especially, lo- I mean, look, looking at this economy, if anything, this is one time to become invested in this campaign because at the end of the day, you, we're all one paycheck away from, from being homeless. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's something, it's, it's quite surreal, very sobering indeed to take into consideration. And I think this is certainly why uh, people um, need to, to invest in this because this is uh, saving a life or a couple of lives, actually, if, if one happens to be that generous. Absolutely. And I think, you know, just I think it's a very sensible thing to do for those of us who have to, while we have it, build systems that would be ready for us when we are in need. When we fulfill our duties as our brother's keepers, we will have brothers there to keep a watchful eye over us when we are in distress. And that is what we need to build, sustainable things that from one generation to another is able to assist human beings who will fall uh, prey to predictable things in our lives. You know, it doesn't, uh, we are perhaps too far removed from the pain, the anguish, as well as the dreams that homeless people have. We still see the person as the other. You know, we need to identify more closely with human beings in distress because we can so easily fall into the same the same problem that the person has for a different reason. And then that's so true. And, uh, you know, now before I ask you, before I ask you about all of the pricing, can you just tell me more about uh, the, the corporate support? Uh, who, which corporate partners have jumped in to, to lend a hand with this campaign? We have a number of corporate sponsors. You must remember, right? The Ivan is 40 years old. Yes. Nearly half of the money that we spend comes from the province, you know, through Provincial Administration, Department of Social Development, and they contribute to just to nearly every single social worker salary in the haven. Then our supermarkets, they keep the haven going by giving us food on the sell by day. Right? And then organizations like Berman Brothers, they simply come in and say, guys, what can we do? We show them our building and they do a complete makeover. We now have the fully functional kitchens, our bathrooms are of top quality, just like you'd find in the convention center. Then we have organizations like the Cape Town International Convention Center who've assisted the even over the years. Even the, the Marriott hotels and so forth, they come in, we tell them, look, can you help us with the recreation areas? They put on um, the carports, high quality stuff. And, and over the years, many uh, organize many trusts and so forth, come in and send us um, uh, money from time to time. Even the community chest. If the community chest did not invest in the haven 40 years ago, I'm not sure we would have become the success we are today. So it's the small little bits and pieces that, that all sustains us. And then we have what we call the heart of the haven campaign. It's basically people who send us 50 rand a month and so forth. And, uh, of course, people leave money for us in bequests, but when a person passes on, we use that money and we place it in a sustainability fund. And the idea is if the person is thinking of the haven beyond their lifetime, so invest that and let the growth of it sustain the haven through bad times. So the haven is very well governed, um, and we are praised for the management and systems we have. Um, and we are very grateful to the community for all the help we get. And we, in turn, respond by sharing our resources with the community. 
anything in excess of having the requirements with respect to food, clothing, beds or whatever, we pass on to poor people. We prefer to deal with NGOs, so we would give to other shelters, old age homes, creches and so forth. But whatever is in excess to having requirements, it is the manager's responsibility to find poor lawful beneficiaries for it. We're talking about the Buy a Bed campaign initiated by the Haven Night Shelter. And I'm speaking to Hassan Khan from the Haven Night Shelter. And, you know, it's such extraordinary work that they're doing. And uh, the shelter has been around since uh, 1978. And they actually became an NPO in the year 2000. And they have done an extraordinary amount to ensure that they try and keep as many homeless people off of the streets. And this recent initiative of theirs, Buy a Bed campaign, I think it's something that you certainly need to pay attention to and uh, who knows it could just be uh, just one just one solution for now just to ensure that there are more people that come off the streets because at the end of the day um the streets are no longer i mean i know you do have your homeless people uh, hassan who will say that the streets are much safer but now with uh homeless people being fined and criminalizing them that's that's not that's seriously not the case and aside from that that's just uh in my opinion i think it's just unconstitutional I'm not sure it's unconstitutional. I understand your, your, your outrage at the idea. Yes. But the recent constitutional court judgment yes. against uh, Johannesburg and made two findings. One, Johannesburg acted incorrectly by removing the people's goods from the pavements. In fact, the constitutional court said that Johannesburg uh, municipality should have allowed the people to remove their own goods. Right? Therefore, the municipality was, uh, or the city was ordered to pay 1,500 rand compensation for each of the affected persons. But then, also importantly, the Constitutional Court found that though the person was on the street for a while, no possession of that land had taken place. Therefore, the Pie Act does not apply. Right? right. So that's from the constitutional point of view. When you look at the process to issue a person a fine, but firstly, none of our social workers, now Wednesday passed, we have a quarterly meeting with our managing social workers. No one has encountered any of our clients, right? And we have 1,097 clients on Wednesday. None of them were issued with a fine, right? Uh, Because we said, if anyone has a fine, we'll go to court with you and and all of those kinds of things. Community Chess has similarly offered if we have any fines, take it to them. They'll get lawyers and so forth. But the process to get a fine is the following. Firstly, there's a complaint lodged. Then that complaint is routed through the City of Cape Town's uh, C3 certification system, EPIC, they call it. And then it, the social development arm goes up. After a few times of going there, trying to encourage people to come off the street and being refused, it then gets rerouted to law enforcement. Again, law enforcement seems to have a process where they go up to three times. Now, this is their small unit that cover a big city. So we're talking three, four weeks of people being asked, no, I mean, stop being uh, an obstruction on the pavement. Um, and if you want to see the kind of obstruction, you just have to go to Hospital Street in Greenpoint. You see, they're like permanent structures uh, on the pavement, right? right. Um, then the person is told, look, mister, if you don't remove this now, we will issue with a fine. Then you can go and speak to a magistrate about it. So the person isn't being fined for being homeless. The person is being fined for refusing to remove a structure from uh, the pavement. And I believe it is reasonable to say, sir, you do have a choice here in Cape Town. 
you can go to the safe space. You don't have to take over this pavement. Alternatively, just walk 100 meters down the road and go knock on the door of the, of the haven. You see, so the question is, are there alternatives available? And is it legitimate for a community to say, sir, make different choices? Or should we simply say, no, let the person, um, he made the choice, he's poor, he's homeless, leave him alone. And over time, I can tell you, predictably, the person becomes more alienated from our society. And it takes a longer time for him to turn around and begin to think of, of going back home or setting up um, a home with someone else away from his family. If the family relations is too strained. So that's the reality. And I'm hoping that over the next couple of weeks, as homeless people were um, issued with fines, as they come to the community court, not the ordinary court, community court, reporters such as yourself and others would begin to put a human face on who was fined, what were they fined for, and so on. Today, the um, conversation is too highly charged and... I believe severely mischaracterized, and the danger is it becomes political, man. And the victim yes. is, 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 the, is the homeless person. Man, we need to ask ourselves, you know, how can we build a society that is sustainable? Giving up the pavements, large parts of it, is not sustainable. Again, if you go to Hospital Street, our neighbors have now fenced off their, uh, their property, right? But they've the pavement, it was traditionally used as a pavement because homeless people kept on putting up camps there and the police couldn't uh, do anything about it. We now don't have a pavement left because the, past, the, the property owner simply put up a, a fence. How many fences do we need to have a regular society that works for everyone? And that's that's a very that's a very good question, and and thank you for the update, and also uh, for for the correction on that as well. I think because uh, you know when when we take a glance at that firsthand, especially when this news that the news had just broke, we had become um, and, and understandably outraged as well. But uh, you know also we need to take into account, um, as you said, the whole process and uh, w- what is actually indeed uh, constitutional. So so thank you for for breaking that down for us. But now uh, the details when it comes to buying the bed, uh, buying a bed. How does the pricing actually work? Um, are there different types of prices? Uh, how is it all set up? Okay, we, we sell these uh, electronic passports as a buy a bed uh, thing in um, batches of five for 60 rand. So it works out to 12 rand per passport as well. Now if a person wishes to actually hand out the passport to a person on the street, then the best thing to do is to contact our office or any shelter and you can just buy the booklets there so for every booklet for every 60 rand we would be able to give you five passports nine pound in front it tells a homeless person that um, the person's entitled to social work services um, support and a bed if available um, so the person knows what the uh, card is used for at the back of the of the passport there's the addresses of every haven shelter with contact number, so you know where to go to. Right? The alternative is, and this is where the buy a bed campaign is it's electronic. So you go to the haven website uh, or our Facebook page, but if you go to the website www.haven.org.za, buy a bed, and you can 
pay in multiples of 60 rand, right, for towards the, the buy bed campaign. All of that money, where the passport sales from the head office, all the buy bed money is put into a separate account, and from there it is dispersed to the shelters where a homeless person was a guest, was unable to pay, and um, so payment is made from the head office. Um, we have partners like Quicket, um, who's also put it on their website, and um, last year's Smile Radio also helped out considerably. And for and since that uh, those campaigns, we are able to offer 30 days guest service as no charge to the homeless person. That's fantastic. And, and I love the fact that um, you have them in uh, the batches of 60 as well, especially for someone who honestly feels that they they feel that uh, maybe not just uh, one person uh, should 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 actually have a bed but if it's even a buy a bed for 10 which i understand is also that's an option buy a, a bed for for 10 persons for for 5 days they're able to to do that as well and also uh, if anybody wants to come into the shelters actually how many shelters do you have in and around cape town well the have is nine shelters in the city of cape town area but we are a group of 15 shelters and our social work supervisor is responsible for another 17 shelters, you know, for their social work, the quality of their social work. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, oh, so you have 15 shelters uh, in and around Cape Town. So there is, so there are, there are ones near you, for instance, in Belleville, Haven, uh, in Ceres, District Six, even Cork Bay as well. Uh, yeah, and Kensington. Uh, we have one Kensington, Napier Street, Greenpoint, District Six, Claremont, Weinberg, Retreat. We're close to the railway lines, so it's easy yes. to get uh, uh, to us. And most homeless people know where the haven is because we offer lunches to people. Remember, we're trying to be, you know, neighborly. So we provide lunches to whoever comes, whether it's a, a worker looking for food, you know, he's trying to find a job and so on, or a homeless person. We provide lunch to people and encouragement to come off the street. We're trying to break down this distrust or fear or, you know, apprehension, you know, by having people experience our buildings, ourselves, and have a good experience uh, at lunchtime. Absolutely, and especially in this the season of, of of winter as well. I mean, uh, it's such a it's such a save to also to have that in place as well. Speaking of which, for our listeners who, aside from uh, partaking in the and and uh, also uh, purchasing a bed with a buy a bed uh, campaign, how else can they donate? And most importantly, how else can they volunteer at the shelter? Oh, well, we uh, always are on the lookout for, for volunteers. We um, have volunteer posts available in governance because we they even separates referees from players. Right? So on governance, the committee will meet. We'll need about four hours a month for governance just to make sure that we are doing what we promised the world, right? that the quality is good and so forth. So if people have... Uh, four hours a month, please contact us for that. Then any amount of time people can use to work alongside our staff, right? You would report to a manager, you, the person would have a job description, would have a workstation, and we would help the person to understand what we do, why we do it, and how we do it, right? So any haven shelter, you can apply, and then we ask people typically to indicate which shelters they um, prefer, and we give it to both shelters to invite them to participate uh, in the programs and so forth. You can also, you know, just host a party at your house or something, 
um, and ask people to contribute maybe toiletries or so or um, non-perishable foods and so on. That'll uh, and then give it to you in a, in a nearest shelter, not only haven shelters, but to a shelter you want to help homeless people and poor people. If you give it to the haven and it's in excess to our requirements, we will give it to other shelters and old age homes and so forth. Right? Um, it's very important to us. I mean, we can't say we are our brother's keepers and we trust in God and then we only have big stores. You know, if you really trust, yes. you won't have big stores. <laughs> you, you, no, you true. Get more. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes, absolutely. Yeah. So we let it out. You know, it was given for poor people. So give it. You know, the Lord said, you must give to receive. We didn't say receive and then give a little. <laughs> so we give. No, abso- yeah. Absolutely. And, and and just as you as you were saying now, Hassan, I just told the listeners, not just exclusive to Haven Night Shelter, please, whichever shelter you can help, especially this winter, please uh, do do get involved. Volunteer volunteer your time, donate, and uh, just, just make a difference in, in a homeless person's life, especially with the Buy a Bed campaign. And also, uh, you know, I think it's important for people to constantly, uh, you know, before we round off the conversation, um, you know, I think it's always important for people to always just uh, inform themselves about the uh, just the state of homelessness in, in our city. So where can they, uh, just to remind them about your website, where can they find more information on that? And uh, how else can they contact you uh, to become involved? Well, it's the, uh, the Haven website is probably a good place to start. It is www.haven.org.za. And we'll find out what we do and so forth and how to contact us. We are in the telecom directory. Um, so all the Haven shelters is under T for the Haven. Um, all the shelters are listed there. And my personal phone number is also at the bottom there. Um, I work most of the time, so I just ask people to be reasonable. Like at midnight, I typically sleep. <laughs> but uh, we are accessible. We get paid to help. And so if, you, if anyone needs assistance from the Haven, they must please contact us. Go to the nearest shelter or go or call us at the Haven head office, and it's a very easy number. 021 for Cape Town, 425 4700. 021 425 4700. We operate office hours in terms of our head office, but I'm available most times, and our shelters are open 24 hours a day. And on, on that note, I'd just love to say thank you so much, Hassan, and I salute you and your staff at all of the respective Haven Night Shelters and also um, any of the listeners who are involved with uh, other shelters in and around Cape Town. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we salute you and and also thank you for inspiring us to, to get involved and just to galvanize us into action because at the end of the day, we want to see uh, less people on the streets. Hassan, thank you. It's always an honor. Thanks. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for bless you and uh, please keep on praying for us and please encourage homeless people to come off the street. Man, the haven is there to help. Our government gives us money to help. Right? Our community gives us money and resources to help. We want to help. So please send people to the haven. I tell you, it might be the best thing you've ever done for a homeless person. And that is real help gets him home. Thank you. 
Thank you, Hassan. That was Hassan Khan from the uh, Haven Night Shelter and uh, just telling us more about the buy a bed campaign. So please do buy a bed. Just one bed is uh, it's uh, 60 rand. That is 12 rand for five days. And they're even more as well if you're feeling even more generous. So do that. Donate. And also please uh, just keep, continue to make a difference in the lives of homeless people in and around Cape Town.